people in internet land and welcome to episode 108 of Game Life Balance Australia. My wife just fell down in the background but we'll continue. I am your gracious host Robert Bailey and I'm joined as always by the next Prime Minister of Australia, we hope, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. Free sausages for all. Oh boy, I like the sound of that. (laughs) That's seriously all you need to do to win an election in Australia. Or an erection even. (laughs) Just free sausages for all. (laughs) So a bit ahead, uh, like, um, it's, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be months after, after um, (laughs) Rob edits it. But tomorrow is um, what we call Democracy Sausage Day. Done right. Which means that... Um, it's, it's erection time. It is erection time. We only get one every three years. <laughs> Australian men are very sad. Yeah, that's what happens when you get after, after you get hit 40. And <laughs> just all... So having an election, a federal election tomorrow, uh, and as is tradition, you go to a place to vote. Mm-hmm. And then after you've voted, you, uh, there's, there's fundraisers at all these places. They're mostly schools where mm-hmm. you vote. And you get yourself a sausage sizzle, mm-hmm. which is a piece of bread, white bread. Mm-hmm. Maybe some onion, a snagger, mm-hmm. and some tomato sauce. That's it. That's, that's it. And that's high. That's that's high cuisine. Yeah. Even even on Twitter, <laughs> even on Twitter, when it says like you know Australia votes or voting, you know like um, yeah. federal election or whatever, there is a little tiny picture of a sausage sizzle. <laughs> I love that we're just excited to get our sausage. Yeah. Just like- <laughs> we don't care about we don't care about which fascist is in or not this time. No, that's right. Yeah. It's all about the sausage. That's it. That's once every three years. Just rock up, vote Clive Palmer, number one, <laughs> and then off you go. Let's get, maybe not do that. Get your sausage and weigh hay. Yeah. It's <laughs> really, great. Really don't want to weigh hay as much as you do there, I think, with my Clive Palmer. But uh, <laughs> Hey, look, I love his I love his Jurassic Park policy. <laughs> I love his bring back the Titanic. The Titanic 2. He should go on the main voyage of that. I'm just saying. He should go on the maiden voyage, see what happens. I'm just saying he's an ideas man. (laughs) But you see, dinosaurs, already done. (laughs) Titanic, already done. Is he an ideas man or is he like every other like billionaire out there who just kind of copies and steals things and then goes, I did this, I'm so awesome. We need an original IP from you, (laughs) Palmer. I want a new new sci-fi series. Jurassic, (laughs) Jurassic, Jurassic Titanic. (laughs) Just... Bunch of dinosaurs crashing a boat into an ice, <laughs> an ice fucking iceberg because they don't know what they're doing. They're dinosaurs. No, but but you've got, you've got the T Rex in like the in like the front cabin, like with his little captain's hat on. Yeah. But he can't reach the steering wheel. He's just got little arms. He's going, go, get it to the iceberg. Yeah, and then in the behind the scenes, they're like, now to make the sound of the T Rex crashing the iceberg into into the ship, into the iceberg, we got a an elephant, and we combine that with a a lion's roar, and, and you get uh, Chewbacca. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but here, here's here's the kicker to my movie. This is my movie now, patent pending. Ti- yeah. um, Jurassic Titanic uh-huh. is like they actually the 
the T-Rex bravely throws himself on the ship's steering wheel, mm. on the ship's wheel, manages to miss the iceberg, and then a fucking meteor comes streaking down and just crashes into the oh, boat. The irony. What an M. Night Shyamalan twist. <laughs> Curse you, rock, with his tiny little arms just, just sinking like- underwater. <laughs> And then there's also all the all the poorer dinosaurs in the bottom decks that can't afford. Like, who, who are the poorer dinosaurs? No, I reckon they're from, the, they're from the Cretaceous period. Ooh, <laughs> they can't cut it. No, no. Well, Wait, was Tur- Cretaceous? Jurassic. Tri- Cretaceous was the last good one. Yeah, Tur- good it was Jurassic, one. Jurassic, Cretaceous, and then the meteor, the meteor, and then mammals, and then there was some sort of ice age, and then something happened, and then there was the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then so video on. games got good. <laughs> Bunch of stuff happened in the eighties. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I don't know. That's when I was born, so you know. Frame of reference. Yeah. Look, it's accurate. <laughs> Everything not a lie told. Not on this podcast. We've never told a lie, never will. We're primarily an educational podcast, <laughs> as I've said many times. <laughs> That's mainly what we're here we're for. We're gonna get sued by the Department of Education one day. I'm mm-hmm. gonna blame it all on you. <laughs> and speaking of education having fun in media rights. Today, our featured game is Pac-Man Versus. Smooth. Smooth, <laughs> smooth segue there. Pac-Man Versus. Released in 2003. A Namco joint. Mm-hmm. Kind uh, of. Developed mm. by Nintendo EAD. That's right. For the GameCube. Kind of, yes. Kind of for the GameCube. Kind of for the GameCube. Like, let's let's we'll, explain it. We're yeah. going to say 75% for the GameCube. <laughs> It's mostly developed for the GameCube. <laughs> so, uh, back in the early 2000s, uh, Nintendo uh, released this funny little uh, gaming device called the GameCube. It was not as popular as they were hoping it would be. Look, it had some good games on it. It had one of the best games ever on it, which was um, Mario Kart Double Dash. Yeah. Well, it had a, lo- a lot of good games, actually. Wind, Wa- Wind Waker. Yeah, Wind Waker was good. Um... Others, <laughs> people are, people kind of like Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, uh, it turns out uh, Mario Sunshine not so hot, maybe. <laughs> uh, but uh, F Zero uh, GX. There were some bangers. You there know. were there were some good ones. Yeah. But all in all, not not the most popular console. No, ever it's, a, it's created. Yes, yes, a troubled. It had a troubled time. Let's yeah, say. because it, it came out against uh, the the. Uh, PlayStation 2, which was the uh, the best-selling console of all time. Market leader, like, yeah. by far. And still is. Yeah. Still is the most best-selling console of all time. Uh, and it also came out against um, the Microsoft Xbox, which was primarily kind of marketed toward dude bros. Yeah. It turns was... out they were an actually pretty big segment of the market. <laughs> it turns out, look, it worked. Uh, but yeah, they were definitely going after PlayStation's lunch. Mm. And Nintendo were doing the thing they often do with sometimes a lot of success and sometimes not of trying to play their own game and, and do something different and in this case the gamecube with the gamecube it didn't really work out for them no but then with the wii it worked out really well so you know sometimes that strategy of running your own race I, so to speak uh pays off really well and sometimes it doesn't yeah i think i think gamecube was kind of like the last ditch effort of trying to do what everyone else is doing because the gamecube mm. was actually technically more powerful than those other two consoles in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not every way, but in a lot of ways. It held together some polygons pretty good. Yeah. And, and like the graphics and stuff you get on the GameCube 
pretty nice. Yeah. Like, it, gra- it graphically, it, it definitely held its own. Yeah. Was it a GameCube? Was it, sorry, was it a DVD player? No? Mm. Then fuck off. That, I think that was the selling point, right? Was that... Because mm. back then, yeah, people wanted that one box you put in your living room and it does everything. Yeah. And the PlayStation 2 did that. It could play CDs, DVDs, and video games. Yeah. What else do you want? You I mean, it was backwards know. compatible as well. Yeah. Like, it could play PlayStation 1 games. Mm-hmm. And the GameCube could do mini dvds effectively yeah which was a form of copy protection i think it also didn't help it didn't help that it looked and this is silly but i think it's a factor it looked like a kid's toy like it was plasticky it had a little handle it looked dinky like yeah you could kill a man with it sure oh yeah but if you drop if you drop an og xbox on someone (laughs) they are fucking gone if we're talking about which cons okay Let's pause this conversation for a moment and okay. talk about which console would you want to go into battle with? And you're hold I'm talking about you're holding it Okay. You can let's think about the rules. Maybe you can hold it with two hands or one hand. You can't dual wield. You can't have one GameCube in each hand. That's, that's Okay, too- a GameCube <laughs> That would be too much power. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, like if you had like an OG Xbox, which yeah. you know weighs like sixty three kilograms. Yeah. Um, for all of those in the US, that's like 102 bald eagles. <laughs> uh, and then you could just use that as yeah. a battering ram. You could just run into someone with that thing and it would just fucking plow them over. <laughs> yeah. I definitely I definitely agree. I, w- I wouldn't want to go with like something like Streamlined. Like I wouldn't want like a Master System 2 or something like that. No. Like the original Master System or like a... Maybe one of those old Ataris, like the really big Ataris, like the 7800 or like the... The 5200 would 5, probably kill someone. The one with like the drink holder and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's 5200. <laughs> yeah. That'd, kill, that'd kill a man. <laughs> probably for alcohol poisoning before anything else. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, okay. let, let's, get, let's get back. We'll, Sorry, uh, <laughs> a little, de- <laughs> little detour there. Yeah. So basically, uh, one of the peripherals of the GameCube became uh-huh. the infinitely more successful uh, Game Boy Advance, or the GBA. Yeah, now, right. the way that this became a peripheral was uh, there is a cable that attaches to said GBA into the controller port mm. of the GameCube, and you've effectively got a second screen. Yeah, yeah. And in uh, Pac-Man versus case... This second screen mm-hmm. acts as uh, Pac-Man's screen. Mm-hmm. So the way this game works is that there are th- there are four players. Three are ghosts. One is Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. And I, I think some of them can be computers, but we'll get into why that's not the best idea later on. Mm. Uh, but basically, Pac-Man on the GBA screen will see the entire map and see all of the ghosts, mm. and they will navigate themselves around. Yeah. However, the ghosts can only see... About, I'd say, a fifth of the map. Just basically, like, their little area of the map. Yeah. As they're trying to get around and look and search for, for Pac-Man. Yeah, they have limited visibility. Mm. Like, a circle around you, let's yeah. say, that's sort of... Yeah, and it's really interesting. Because, yeah, the, the person with the game... Sorry, the person with the, the the GBA is essentially playing, like, an old-school game of Pac-Man. Well, that's how it looks. Yeah. It's very... The, graphically, it, it looks like playing an old game of Pac-Man... You know, from donkeys years ago, hmm. um, like OG Pac-Man. Yeah, yeah. Basically. and then on the screen on the TV um, um, for the people playing the ghosts on the GameCube, it's this 3D interface. So it's this funny kind of like, yeah, it looks di- it looks quite different. The graphics hmm. look more modern, I guess, on the 
on the game. Oh my, yeah, it's 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 three uh, D polygonal graphics. Uh, yeah, it's it's very clever because um, what happens when you first start playing the game is Pac Man, who is playing Pac Man, is most likely going to like get the power pellets and kind of kick your ass for a while. Mm -hmm. And then it twigs on you that you can actually coordinate your efforts. You can actually start shouting out, oh, he's down here, he's top left, Mm -hmm. he's bottom right. And then all of a sudden you can like resource guard and stuff like that. You can guard the power pellets or guards the fruit. And this isn't a first to die uh, game. Mm. The way it works is that it's first to 7,000 points or 10,000 points or 12,000 points or 15,000 points. What happens when you die is that you have to pass the Game Boy controller... Or the GBA, yeah, to the person who killed you. Yeah, that's right. And then some of your points will go to them, mm-hmm. and then they become it, the, the Pac-Man. You become they become yeah. the Pac-Man, and then you just keep going until you hit that high score. Yeah, yeah, and it can take a little while, especially if two players keep sort of bouncing back and forth, yeah. taking points from each other. Um, and uh, yeah, but but essentially the game it's the game itself is really classic Pac-Man mm. with. The ghosts having being controlled by humans rather than AI, yeah, and that is, sounds so simple, but it's really cleverly executed, and it's actually like a hell of a lot of fun, um, and, and a great party game. Um, I, th- I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head there, Robbie. Yeah, um, this is a party game. Yeah, um, you can. The minimum is two players mm-hmm. because you need at least one person to be a ghost, yeah, and one person to be Pac-Man, and then uh, the other. Two people could be computers, I suppose, mm-hmm. but nobody ever plays like that. No, because you this is a party game, and you want everyone to be playing this game at the same time. Yeah, the ideal situation is you have mm. three humans, and you know, sorry, four humans together in the room, one yeah. being Pac-Man, three being the ghosts. Yeah. And and generally speaking, everyone will get lucky at one stage, run into Pac-Man while he's not chomping on a power pellet, mm-hmm. power dot, and they will have a turn at being. Had been Pac-Man. That's I right. think we all pretty much want to... Uh, I want a game. Uh, Maria won a game. Joe won. I Joe won. I'm the only one who didn't win anything. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good go, though. I had a good... I had a, I had a good. Try. You came close a couple of times, actually. Yeah, but, I had fun. Uh, it's, uh, look, it's, it's a really good and quite addictive game. Yeah. Because it's kind of one of those things, after you get the idea of it, mm. and then you, you figure out that it's not a it's not a killing game, it's a points game. And yeah. every time you get, like, the, the cherry... Mm-hmm. All the fruits pop up in yeah. the middle of the screen. It's kind of like a mad dash to get there to yeah. try and get more points. Because the ghosts can pick up the fruit in this game. Yeah. I think when the ghosts pick up the fruit, the the field of view enlarges for that person. <sighs> yeah, because I noticed that some of you all had better had a better viewpoint. Yeah, so I think that's what happens when you get the fruit. Interesting. So there are some subtle gameplay different. It's yeah. not simply just original Pac-Man, but you can control the ghosts. Because yeah. they, the level design's a little bit different. Like, some of the levels only have, like, two power pellets in them, which I, I, I'm certain the original game had more than that. Um, yes, four. And, and that's just to kind of control the fact that there's there's less ghosts. There, and, and it's also a bit of a slower game. It feels like a slower game than... It's actually not that slow. Mm, it feels um, that way. Maybe it's because the ghosts move slower than Pac-Man does. Yes, the yeah. ghosts do move a bit slower. Um, the ghosts are a little bit more agile in a lot of ways because you're controlling with an analog stick, mm. whereas um, the Pac-Man is being controlled by a D-pad on yeah. the um, on the thing. So there's there's like, like a little bit of give and take here. When you get the power pellet, you're a little bit faster than the ghost, but not a whole lot faster. No, I don't think Pac-Man. Well, overall, it might be a little bit slower, mm. um, but it's certainly not like Chapman, uh, Pac-Man Championship or anything. No, like that. it's nothing like that. I feel like they balanced it pretty well. There must. It seems like they did a lot of playtesting because yeah. 
it feels really fun when you play it. Mm. It doesn't feel like the Ghosts or Pac-Man have a clear advantage. No. Um, it's just, it's when the team play aspect comes into it that you get the advantage. Like, yeah. Because you can, like, Pac-Man can already see everyone. Yeah. If the Ghosts aren't coordinating and talking to each other, Pac-Man can easily run rings around them. But yeah. if the, all three players are talking and, like, calling out where Pac-Man is... It actually is really hard to yeah. be Pac-Man, and like you get, you typically get pinned in a corner and killed pretty yeah. easily. Um, it, and it's exactly like what happens in actual real Pac-Man. The yeah. AI does like pin you down in a corner sometimes. Yeah, that's right. That that Clyde. Mm. Oh, he's a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the inky blinky winky and stupid. that way that the AI sometimes when you're playing Pac-Man, you feel like that it's smarter than it. You're like, oh, they got me. Like they they're outfoxing me. Mm. Well, the, in in this game, it it really is that <laughs> they really are. If, like if people are yeah. like. There are times when people just got a lucky hit, like yeah. they got a lucky break, and they they got in there and they um they actually you know just ran into you randomly. Went, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Uh, so you know, being random sometimes does have its advantages. And there's like a six, uh, different mazes types. I want to say, uh, the first one is the classic original. Yeah. And then there's like a pirate one when you're kind of walking on like piers and, and boardwalks and planks and stuff that's like that. right yeah uh and all of them are a little bit different some of them are a lot harder the, the last one is called like the big hall or something like that and yeah. it's just basically panic hall or something like yeah that. panic hall yeah there's only two power pellets and there's kind of not a whole everything is just like a little square yeah like so you can everything is just basically a grid a, a very small grid pattern mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes it both easier and harder because it's actually easier to outmaneuver people mm. going around like a whole bunch of tiny little squares yeah 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 uh it looks like it's easier but it's actually not uh, but it also is easier to kind of like see where people are and then entrap them so. yeah those different level designs yeah. do add a lot so, and, uh, two things I should say about this. Number one, it was developed by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So, that means uh, that, like, they got the license off Namco. Yes. Nintendo said, oh, okay, we will do this. And mm-hmm. it was an AED, like an internal studio at um, at Nintendo. I thought Miyamoto was involved with this too, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and the thing is, it's got Mario in it. Like, mm. Mario is the voiceover. Yeah, yeah, So I'm yeah. guessing it's Charles Martinet. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Um, doing all the voiceovers. Ah, and he commentates. Mm-hmm. Like Mario commentates while you're doing this. And he'll say, ah, Pac-Man got to the power block. Yeah. Uh, the, the power dot, I think yeah, he calls power it. The power dot. dot. Yeah, I was thinking it was power pellet. I yeah. don't know where I got that from. Was it yeah, a TV show or something? Yeah, maybe. I think maybe I've always said power pellet as well. Yeah. But uh, he does commentate. It gets a little bit weird and annoying just because it's Mario, but mm. it, you know, doesn't. It's not too distracting, really. It just it's seems just, very Nintendo. It's know. very odd that you hear Mario during one of these games. But yeah. um, I guess uh, the other thing I should say about this is that I got this for five hundred yen. I want to say like five bucks, and it was a in Japan. Mm. You could get this from Club Nintendo. Yeah, right. Like, you get a certain amount of points, and they will send you this. And as well as the uh, the Pac-Man versus game on it, which is the whole game. And mm. um, there's also like a whole bunch of video demos as well. I think, huh. like, um, and other things which I've never poked my stick at because I don't care. Okay. I just wanted to play the Pac-Man versus game. Sure. In the West, it there was Pac-Man World Two, and then they released Pac-Man World Two and. Pac-Man versus as like a combo cart. Ah, okay, okay. Um, so there's different in the ways platinum to, collection. Yeah, different th- ways to get your hand on this. I think, yeah, that's in the West, and I think that's the only way you can play it in the West. Mm, mm. So, which is interesting because it's a really good game. 
Um, it's a really fun game. But then you kind of look at what Nintendo did a decade later with the Wii U. Yeah. Uh, and then they had Nintendo Land. And I think it was Luigi's Haunted Mansion or whatever it is, where he has a flashlight and is mm. going around a maze trying to trap the ghosts with his flashlight. That's right. And he's always looking for, like, batteries and stuff That's like that. That's right. That game was really good too. Yeah, that. very, very similar. Very similar. Very yes. similar indeed. Yes, it's almost like they're... Yes. Yes, it's almost <laughs> as if they didn't have to pay Namco jack fucking shit this time around. Yeah, to- that's it. Yeah, I'm sure that franchise costs a little bit of money to get that IP. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, just because of your knowledge of video game stuff, yep. is, so this game obviously is a funny hybrid where you combine your GameCube with your, your GBA. Yep. Are there many other games that do that? There are a few other games. Yeah. Uh, one of the Sonic games uh, you, that so Sonic Heroes, uh, where you there's these little not not chocobo chibi something or others like little blue things that you can farm. Right. Uh, you can kind of like get them onto your GBA and farm them and put them back on. Oh, okay. um, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, which is like a gauntlet sort of game. Hmm. Uh, did this as well. Okay. Uh, where you could some, like, it's actually like gauntlet, like four player gauntlet style, but people need to transfer their character from their GameCube onto the memory card of someone else's GameCube. And that's how they transfer their character to play on that. It's a lot of effort to go to for something that's probably not really worth it. It's not like Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles is kind of a weird game because it's kind of like an action RPG where they slapped on so many RPG elements that it's not really fun as either, I want to say. Interesting. But the most uh, famous game you use this for is uh, The Legend of Zelda Four Swords. Ah, okay. So you can actually get four GBAs with cables connected to a GameCube and then you are like... Four little links, like there's a magenta, a, a blue, mm. a green, and one orange, maybe. Okay. Uh, and you go around uh, solving all of these environmental puzzles as the four people. Yeah. And as you do something like go into a different area, you can all separate if you want to. Mm. Uh, then where, if you go into a dungeon or like a little hidden area, then it'll just appear on your screen. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so that's how that kind of works. That's the most famous game. Um, it is. I've heard at, of that one. Yeah. At the time, it was very famous for um, like everyone wanted to play this game, but it was difficult to get this game plus four people with GBAs with the cables. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you, if you did if you did manage to do that, you're a bit of a king. Mm. So there were a few of these games. It yeah. does show you how Nintendo, even that early on, was messing around with this idea of combining a handheld mm. with a with a home console. And um, I think they continue to do that with with later consoles as well, like having some interaction between the DS and the, the Wii U and things like that. But But obviously the Switch is the final kind of ultimate like you know end game of that we'll just we'll just make it one thing uh yeah interesting interesting history there speaking of the the only other game like there are quite a few games that have like limited capability and and, um compatibility but the other one i will mention is uh 
Animal Crossing New Leaf. Oh, yeah. Where if you connect up your GBA and use it as a controller, there is like a little guy you can visit on a pier and he takes you to a special island where you can kind of grow things and there's like one villager there which you can kind of control and plant things and chop down trees and stuff like that. There you go. So, yeah, it's it's limited in in a lot of games, um, but Hmm. in some games it's... The, I think the only game that I can really think of off the top of my head where it's absolutely 100% essential is, well, Pac-Man Versus mm. and um, Legend of Zelda Four Swords. Yeah, yeah. That is just off the top of my head. I'm sure there are other ones. Fascinating, um, though. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I haven't used it too much. I do find it um, an interesting peripheral. I've got two cables, and I would have four GBAs in the house, mm. but I do not have a copy of Four Swords. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Cool. Well, that's interesting sort of just for the context and the the tech itself, which is impressive. Yeah. Even today, it's still pretty cool that these two different consoles are talking to each other and, you know, you can play a game across them. It's an interesting idea. Um, But uh, how do we feel about the game, AC? Why don't you give me your views? My view is, uh, yes. Would you recommend? I would highly recommend this game in a four-player person. Three players you could do, you know, um... This is assuming that there is a... I've never played with a computer player. I'm just assuming there is a computer player. Yeah. Um, but yes, I would recommend this game with a whole group of people. Mm. Like, even if there's more than four people, you can certainly swap all the controllers around and have a lot of fun. Yeah. It's not necessarily about winning. Like, you can just, like, go round by round mm. trying to kill Pac-Man or survive as long as you can as Pac-Man. It's basically what we call in Australia, kill the deal with the pill. <laughs> and to be clear, all you need is just the game... The GameCube game. You don't need like a separate cartridge for the no, GBA. There is no cartridge. What, how the mm. how the cable works? So just a little bit of history here is that it basically installs what is going on mm. on the GBA into uh, on the GameCube into the GBA's RAM. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it'll it'll all of that functionality will go into that. So it does create a bit of a loading time the first mm. time you load it up. But after it's loaded up, it, it, it reacts pretty quickly because it has to. It's like basically like one-to-one. Yeah, yeah. What's cool. happening on both screens. Okay. Uh, so it does that. It does need a special cart, which is good. Yeah, great. Um, I think in, in one of the Animal Crossing games, like the same thing can happen with NES games, but some of them can't load into memory properly because they're bigger than the NES, than the GBA's memory. Mm. Something like that anyway. It's, okay. Just a very, very random thought on the periphery of my mind. But getting your hands on this once you actually have the game mm-hmm. it's not that hard because I mean unlike four swords where you need four GBAs and four cables, you only need one GBA and one cable to play to do this. Yeah, so it's less. It's much. Le- I mean, it's still like a hassle, but it's much less of a hassle. It's much. It's worth the hassle, yeah. is what I would say. It is definitely worth the hassle. Like we we uh, kind of convinced our wives. Uh, to come in here and play it with us today. And then they had a great time. Yeah, they had a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. It's just a great party game. It's very easy to learn, pick up and play. Absolutely. Uh, not difficult to master, but it certainly gives you everyone playing a challenge. Definitely, yeah, yeah. How do you feel about it, Robbie? Very similarly, yeah. I think it's great fun. It's it's one of the best party games I've, I've ever played. Better and than Mario Party. I think so. I, I really I really think so. And it, and it just gets everyone laughing and there's it really encourages interaction and like... The way that yeah, you start you start naturally like calling out where Mar- where where some Mario where where Pac Man is, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, it's it, every time I've, I've I played it with you, we pull it out a few times over the years. Yeah, it's yeah. always been like a really good riotous time. Hmm. So I definitely recommend the game. I think yes, there may be some hurdles in terms of like yes, it's old, it's older game. 
It's a retro game. You might need to search around for some bits and pieces to get it to work. But once yeah. you've got the bits and pieces together, it's it's a it's hoot. Worth it. It's a real hoot, and like yeah, it's one of those multiplayer experiences. It's really up there in my memory mm. in terms of like what a a great uh, local multiplayer game, like one of the best. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's a local party game, and I love that about it. Mm-hmm. So my final word on it is. I'm wearing a Pac-Man watch today. <laughs> You're just holding that in the whole time. <laughs> All the time, baby. All the time. AC. Yes. Andrew AC Yoshimura. Yes. You've, you've been up to stuff, haven't you? I've been a bad little boy. <laughs> you haven't been playing those video games, have you? I have. I don't care what my parents say. I don't care if it makes me violent and angry. <laughs> okay. I, could, I could run a whole election campaign against you. That's right. Yep. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to get guns and drugs all the time because video games. Oh man! And that's just from Pac-Man. Yeah. That's Imagine right. what you'd do if you played GTA. I just played half an hour of Pac-Man versus with you, and I'm ready to start just popping off, just shooting guns into the air and just just all over the place. Basically, well, I, can Im- I can imagine that you want to go into a nightclub and take a whole bunch of drugs. Yeah. And listen to repetitive music because, like, you know, Pac-Man. But the other thing, shooting up a club, <laughs> well, like played, a Pinto, I'm not sure about that. Championship edition Pac-Man is pretty much like taking drugs in a nightclub. Oh, it is. It really, really is. Uh, it's, lots has been happening because it's been a while since our last podcast days. <laughs> At least four months. Mm. So there's a, lot, a lot has happened in my life. I will give you the highlights. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll give you one highlight. Okay. I got married. Who, you? <laughs> yeah. I don't believe you. I know, I found someone stupid enough to marry me. Who marry you? Wait, it wasn't me, was it? <laughs> Jesus, fuck. No, 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 you'd never be that stupid. <laughs> this no. is funny. We can pretty much say whatever she wants because she's asleep on the no, couch. That's how entertaining we are. She's wonderful and puts up with my nonsense. I married Joanna. Um, we had a beautiful little ceremony at um, a homestead just outside of, New- of, of, sorry, of the ACT. No, it wasn't. It's in the ACT. I think it's in the ACT. It's outside of Canberra. It's outside of Canberra. It's, a, it's in a village called Hall. That's right. It's technically part of the ACT, yeah. which is good because that means the paperwork is nice and easy. <laughs> nice and simple. Um, yeah, it was a lovely little wedding. And um, we did try and keep it small, like in terms of guests and things. But I think it it turned out to be really lovely, um, the way the de- decorations looked and everything. And um, Joe looked beautiful. People really liked our vows as well, which I thought was nice. They did. Um, so I wrote alternate vows, but I was rejected <laughs> at the altar, no doubt, while riding on a jet. Powered, monkey-driven. <laughs> <laughs> Do I take you, <laughs> Marge, and you, Homer? Yeah, let's not let's not crib our our vows from The Simpsons. Probably a good move. Um, yeah, that was that was amazing. That was like only about four or five weeks ago now. I feel like, but it feels like longer than that. Um, it was funny because after the wedding, we all sat down. Joe and I sat down and we're like, do you feel any different? And we're like, eh, kind of, a little bit. <laughs> but life life goes on, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the world keeps yeah. turning, I guess. But you, it have, was, you have your special moment and everyone, yeah. everyone, you bask in the warm glow of it for a while and then you go back to work. But it was it was really lovely and it was great to have you there. And AC was my best man. I was indeed. Had, had the rings and everything. I was Big, best tiger. Heavy responsibility. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Best tiger. Um it was, uh, it was heavy responsibility, actually. You know, I've actually still got your boxes. Don't let me leave without your ring boxes. No. I don't know if you need them, but I kept them. I'll take them. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure if I want them, but yeah. Yeah. 
I didn't want to throw them out just in case you still wanted them. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I was um, I was in the position of, uh, of of Rob's bachelor party, which mm. we can also talk That's about. That's right, yeah, we did the bachelor party, yes. So that was a pretty laid-back affair, really. Um, we did start very late, though. We watched a bunch of Star Wars movies. I, I um, Basically, what I did was I thought, what's the nerdiest thing I could possibly do for Rob? And I just thought, oh, it's just Rob stuff. So <laughs> I connected up my Laserdisc player. And, mm-hmm. I mean, who's the nerd here? The nerd or the nerd who follows the nerd? <laughs> That's uh, right, Steve. <laughs> yeah. I, I hooked up my Laserdisc player to a projector in uh, the games room mm-hmm. and projected the original Star Wars unedited edition. So, mm-hmm. like, this is the best quality you're going to get, basically, mm-hmm. over S-Video. Yeah, Han shooting first and all of that. Yep, there was a cheer. A cheer went up when Han, like, totally murdered a guy in cold blood. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> It's well, like, yeah, he shot first. This isn't that crappy one with the dinosaurs in it. Yeah, or like the, the weird songs. That, oh, God. Yeah. They so, really stand out, actually, when you hmm. watch them now. Those sequences with the... They really do oh. just look out of place and incredibly CG. Yeah, it's horrid. Um, yes. We also played through uh, the original Ninja Turtles arcade game on, yeah. on my main machine. Yeah. Which I wheeled out into the... We played a bit of arcade games. Yeah, we did. We played some... Cards Against Humanity. Yep, we did. That and was fun. And then very late in the night when a lot of people had left, we cracked up. We cracked out Empire Strikes Back. Yes. So it was like a long... It was a long... I went probably to at 2 or 3 a.m. I think. Yeah, I think I think I actually went to bed before you did. Yeah, I said I watched the rest of Empire. Yeah. And then and then went to bed. Um, but it was it was really fun. Thank you for hosting that. It was, uh, it was pretty chill as bachelor parties go. There was no like, you know, strippers or anything like that. But we had a good time. We had- I lost my pants at one stage, but that was unrelated. <laughs> So yeah, it was it was it was definitely a fun night. Very self indulgent, but I suppose that's what that's, that's what that's what it's meant to be for. I mean, we you know we're like we're in our forties now, and like we were never going to go to a strip club or like no. you know get strippers around or anything like that. It's like <laughs> you're going to watch fucking Star Wars and play Ninja Turtles games, like and yeah. just like drink nice whiskey. Yeah, that that seems a lot more fun, honestly. Yeah. Um. So that that was what we did. Yeah, that was really cool. So yeah, it's been a bunch of fun, cool life things. Um. So how was the how was the wedding like? Because yeah, there was, a, there was a big lead up to the wedding. Yes, and then there was the wedding itself, and um, there was there was a, a whole lot of photos like right in deep bushland, which uh, there was a shallow bush grave there as well. I think which we passed. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think it was for the dog. But anyway, yeah, there was a, a funny. <laughs> there was a weird gravestone that we went past, and we were taking photos in this this farm this farm land where the the wedding was held. Um, yeah, I think it went really well. Like the celebrant did a good job yeah um yeah like it had that sort of bush setting everyone got very teary uh, at both uh, you and joe's vows yeah including ruby as well yeah poor little ruby was crying during the ceremony i didn't think that being six that she would be so emotionally susceptible but i think i think she heard um me and joe crying a little bit during mm. our vows and that kind of set her off yeah um and it was just a huge day for her as well. Like so much build up and build up and build up for her. Like she was so excited about it for mm. months leading yeah, up to she it. Was, yeah, like she's probably the most excited person out of all of us, honestly, <laughs> was, was Ruby. And um, yeah, and it was really sweet because Joe got her a, a ring as well and gave mm. her a spe- little ring and had some special vows to say to Ruby, which was just so touching. Oh, it was just like quite a, a beautiful day, really. Um it's not really anything funny. To, I don't know if there's any like wacky stories or anything. No, no, it was just a nice day. It was a nice yeah. event. Everything went well. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of things we had to be on guard about, but they didn't end up being a problem, which mm-hmm. was good. So, you know, I think uh, 
I think everyone did their job and did their job well, and that's like that's pretty much the the crux of a perfect wedding. That's it. Archie did make an appearance, in case anyone's wondering. Yes, he had a bow tie. Yeah, he matched the groomsman's bow bow ties. That's right. We hired a woman who who we paid a handsome sum, a princely sum, to <laughs> to look after Archie for the for, during the wedding, like a, a dog chaperone. I think is the the title. The job title. So yeah, that's a job you can get if you apply yourself. It's basically like the bar- the Barney minding job. <laughs> that's right. From The Simpsons. It's- Look, Archie is a lot like Barney in a lot of ways. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, he just keeps eating until his heart stops. Yeah. You re- look. Oh, um, there it goes. Honestly, it's it's a worry. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it was quite beautiful. We spent the evening after the wedding at the Hotel Realm, which is like a five-star hotel. Oh. Um, and that was really Archie. nice. It took me like 20 or 30 minutes to get all the hairpins and stuff out of Joe's head. <laughs> oh, I did the same for me. Yeah, it just took forever. Oh. And then when we was finally done with that, we just flopped on the bed and watched like Foxtel. <laughs> um, so it was like not like, you know, it was it was a good way to end. It was the right way to end yeah. the night. That's and we, good. We had a nice nice big room with a bathtub and everything. So mm. it, was, it was quite pleasant. Um, so yeah, the wedding went really well. That was all really lovely. And going back to work was pretty hard after all that we took a week off after the wedding to just rest and think which is a good idea uh yeah so that has all been really 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 great um i have had some health issues recently i don't want to go in too much into it because we don't really know what the problem is but i did get rushed to hospital earlier this week uh because of a chest pain that i'm having and the doctor was concerned it might be my heart which is really fun but we don't actually know Chestburster. So, it's yeah, an alien. Chestburster. 100% definitely an alien. <laughs> I'm convinced. Um, you watched you watched um, unedited Empire Strikes Back and A New Hope, and now George Lucas has come to see you personally <laughs> and put that motherfucking Wookiee in your stomach to burst out at any... It's going gonna, it. gonna to look like sooty when that thing comes out, that's actually. That's right, yeah. The, um, it's the fear of Lucas that I have that's really... <laughs> Just seems like something he'd do. He's like, I destroyed all of those. <laughs> the new ones are the only version now. Uh, he's definitely an evil, an evil genius of some sort. Um, yeah, so that's made my this particular week a bit weird. Um, and I'm not in my usual high tempo self for the podcast. But um, you know, it's yeah, uh, things are going pretty well, P- barring the whole issue of like, why is my chest hurt? Yeah, that seems like a pretty um, big issue. Uh, which I'm trying to downplay because like it is worrying me a lot but we just don't actually know what the cause is and I don't want to come back in a month or six months whenever we record the next episode and be like well that was nothing it was gas um, yeah it was exactly a gassy type I, of just, gas. I just had a, a sore tummy from having too many yogurts or something I don't know <laughs> <laughs> turns out you're lactose intolerant uh, but it could be something more serious as well so we just we just don't know honestly yeah. so I'm trying to not worry about it which is a difficult thing turns out it is it is very um, difficult not to worry about your own health uh, especially when you have a weird undi- undiagnosed pain in your upper chest. But that's fine. It's all fine. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's fine. Um, so, th- yeah, a lot has happened, but like uh, mostly very good stuff. Mostly good, yeah. Um, and I'm very happy. I'm a very happy married man. Um, I think marriage suits me. And, like, yeah, it's been it's been a pleasant few weeks um, since the wedding. Yeah, it, it, it was it was uh, a very nice ceremony and I'm glad you have a minder now. Yeah, that's right. I've got a permanent <laughs> live-in carer. <laughs> Keep you off the streets, that's out of right. the pubs, yeah, out of trouble. That's right. Um, Take sharp objects off you. 
So that's been my, my life. As for my games, actually. Yeah, no, this is what I'm actually interested in, because yeah. I was there for the rest of that. That was all boring. I gives a crap about that stuff. Let's talk about video games, AC. So, I have been playing a few games recently. I, I, I'll i talk about... It. I've got four I want to talk about, but three of them just sort of collapse in on each other. Mm-hmm. So, I'll talk about one, and then we'll switch to those three. So, I've got a game on Steam that I'm really fond of, actually, called Legend of Qian Ding. And it's a little bit obscure. I want to talk about it because it was really cool. So it was recommended to me because I have a lot of beat-em-ups and fighting game stuff in my library. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what's this? It sort of kept coming up on my recommended list. Recommended for you or whatever. Um, and it's a side-scrolling fighting game. Or yeah. a beat- side-scrolling beat-em-up. But it's not, it doesn't have that, like... It's, it, it doesn't have, like, a, a, a Z-axis. You know, like, you can't move to the foreground and background... It's just like a platformer in terms of like... So, imagine a like magic up. sword? Yes, that kind of thing. A beat-em-up that's basically a platformer beat-em-up. Okay, uh, yeah, Trojan. So not, yes, so not Final Fight. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you, yeah, um, like Trojan and, or magic sword. And it's got, it's a really complex and really, but really intuitive and fun beat-em-up. Um, but the conceit of the game that I really enjoy and the, the framing of it is it's set in colonial era Taiwan in like the late 19th century during the Japanese uh, occupation of Taiwan. Okay. And it's, and you're this like folk hero called um, Lao Chian Ding, who is apparently in Taiwan, like a bit of like a Robin Hood figure. Yeah. And there's all these sort of stories about him and the game is based on those like folk stories. The way the game actually plays is it's, and and the, the pacing of it is really a lot like a Kung Fu movie, you know? Like each chapter, it has it's broken up into chapters, like a book, and the chapter each chapter starts with like a voiceover, and um, with this guy kind of being like, you know, Lao Tending's doing this and that. Will he do? You know, like almost like a TV show. Like, no. will he be able to escape? You know, same bad time, same yeah, bad channel. It's really cool. And then it goes in, and it's all voice acted. It's mm. all in Chinese with um, well, with, subtitles. With, with subtitles, oh, really? which is really cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, and uh, yeah, like the first level is there's like this guy who's a Taiwanese fellow who's like got this big tea house and he's corrupt and he's uh, he's doing some dodgy some dodgy deals you know i can't remember exactly what he's up to but he's a he's a naughty man and you and you go you break into his tea house and like like beat him up and kind of try to expose him you know yeah um and uh it's got this cool boss fight yeah the the the, the fighting systems are really fun it's a lot of different a lot of different moves but it's building up on basic on basics and you, and then you can kind of engage with the combat as much as you like. If you turn the difficulty up, you have to really use all the, the whole move set. Hmm. But if it's set to the easier setting, there's basically just two settings, I think. The easy setting, you can just have fun with the game and like just smash through it. And Did you do that? Did you beat yeah, it? Yeah, I haven't actually beaten it. I've gotten fair ways through it. Um, and it's really fun. Like, it's always different characters. It's got like an open world, kind of. Like an exp- you can explore this world with different locations. Oh, yeah. You can take a little, um, like a rickshaw from one location to another. Oh, that's cool. And there's always different characters that you meet. Um, the, the way they depict the Japanese is interesting because they're not like the baddies really like the baddies are like like act like I don't know how to put it like, like the, 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 the fact, corrupt the fact that you're the fact that Taiwan's colonized and there's Japanese police walking around everywhere is not like that's not like the whole problem it's more like there's one police character who's Japanese who's He's sympathetic character. Like you're supposed yeah. to kind of like him, even though he's out to get you. He's like, oh, I'm tending, I'm going to arrest you, you know. But hmm. you've got that kind of like rivalry, like 
friendly rivalry thing going whenever you Zenigata see that. Zenigata versus Lupin or yeah, something like, like that. like when you see him, you kind of like backtalk him and stuff. And he's yeah. like, oh, I hate you. And you're like, ha ha ha, you know. Hmm. But then his boss is actually like super evil. <laughs> um, and there's this like, re- this is like a resistance unit, resistance sort of uh, movement that you're part, that you sort of join and you're part of. And it's kind of, the plot's going places. It's cool. Um, so how far are you through the game, do you think? Probably maybe a third. Oh, wow. Okay. There's a lot to it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty big. Um, and along the way, you learn a lot about like Taiwanese history. And this, this whole part, part of history I had no idea about. But the game does a good job of teaching you the culture and the history. And like it's this fun, like immersive experience where you're, you're really projected back into this other time. And you, you feel like you're in a kung fu movie in a lot of ways. It's just really fun. So, That's cool. Yeah, I'm really enjoying that game. So Legend of, of Qian Ding would recommend especially if it's on sale because i think it's about 30 bucks we can get it on sale it's yeah i might i might, good, I might check that out actually especially value. if i can stream through it in kind mm. of an easy mode mm. i'd totally do that <laughs> it's really and graphically it looks really cool it's got that kind of like motion comic look to it like when you're playing the game at legend of chanding uh chanding t-i-a-a-n-d-i-n-g yeah um ding, yeah uh it's a cool one and yeah if you like you know, we like our beat-em-ups and stuff like that. We do, like yeah, it's, we do. Especially, the, the, you know, the thinking man's beat-em-up is always good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got some cool weapon systems. It's like, you can knock weapons out of people's hands and use them. And um, jumping mechanics, mm. like, it's got a good, like, wall jump. And, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I mean uh, we've, we've played some games like that. Um, uh, the uh, Muramasa. Yes, it's, it's, got, it's that kind of a thing, I yeah. yeah, it's that kind yeah, of a it's thing. It's got some melee. Yeah. It's, you know, it's... It's actually just, it looks, it's kind of like faux 3D, sort of yeah. like a 2.5D, but you're actually only moving on one plane. It's, it's very planes master, rather than three, I would rather. say. That's yeah. a very good, that's the, a, very close to what this game is. Mm. But with that very particular, like, kung, let's do a kung fu movie set yeah. in like the like 100 years ago cool. like period period piece kind of thing, you know. Well, yeah. I'm going to put that on my wish list, I think. Um, I think I might uh, give it a go next yeah. time it's on sale. I've been enjoying it for sure. Um the other thing I've been doing is, so I bought a mouse and keyboard recently for my computer and I wanted to play a shooter because I got this new mouse and keyboard. I was like, I want to try it. I've got this gaming mouse and things. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, a good excuse. So I went looking for uh, World War, like sort of shooter games and I found um, a couple on Xbox for Game well, game, game Pass for yeah. PC. So I got I downloaded the some of the old Wolfenstein remakes that have been coming out in the last like, oh, 10, yeah. 10 years. Yeah, yeah. So like um, First Blood and hmm. blah, blah and... Um, and I, I messed around with them. Yeah, I messed around with them a bit, and they're okay. But I found that the combat was a bit formulaic, like a lot of set pieces and things, like like combat puzzles, is how it felt like a lot. Like rather than old school Wolfenstein, where it's like here's fifty Nazis and just shoot them, yeah. and run around, you know, like like run around like crazy shooting people. It, it's much more like go to this place, hit this button, or like attack them in this way, and then when they're stunned, do this. And it's, I just want to kill the Nazis. Yeah, it wasn't what I thought it would be. Yeah. So um, I looked for other shooter games. I found that Battlefield Five is available on Xbox. So I've been playing a, I was playing a bit, fair bit of Battlefield for a while, Battlefield Five, which is set in World War Two. Like the original Battlefield games were Battlefield 1942. I think 1941 and 1942. Hmm. With, was, that was the very first Battlefield games and they were World War II games and that was where that whole massive game series started and okay. it was unique because it had like fairly large player bases and vehicles and you know that feeling of being in a World War II battle and Battlefield 5 it's a pretty good job of that too so I've been playing that for a few weeks and, and enjoying that but not getting very good at it 
And then one of my friends... So you've been playing that online? Yeah, and actually like playing a lot of it. And then one of my friends was like, oh, if you like Battlefield Five, you should play this game called Hell Let Loose. So I went and got that only about a week ago. Okay. And now I'm like regretting all the time I wasted playing Battlefield Five Because like <laughs> this game is what I've been looking for. Really. Is it a Rob game? It's very much a Rob game, but it's 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 a Rob game, but it's like got broader appeal than that. So it's it's they do a very clever thing. Mm-hmm. What's, so what's it's, the, give it's me a, the pitch? It's a World War Two shooter mm-hmm. somewhere between a Call of Duty like action game and a really hardcore sim like America's Army or something like oh, that. Oh god, this does sound like a Rob game. But it's leaning more towards action. Yeah. But with a lot of like really clever sim elements to make the game feel more like a real battle situation. So, um, first of all, the graphics are very realistic and it looks a lot like real life. And the explosions and the the way the bullets sound and things like that, it looks and sounds very realistic, by which I mean like very, very scary and loud. Mm. Um, it's not bright and colorful like Battlefield Five. Like when when things explode, they don't explode in like a big yellow fireball. They like just dust it goes everywhere. You know, dirt and dust just just cascades everywhere. Yeah. Um, like getting shelled by artillery or getting bombs, getting bombed by because there's bombing runs and stuff in the game is like terrifying because you see these massive explosions coming towards you, and and the the like the shock waves from the explosions like distort like the air. So you can, oh, it's like wow, it's okay. like you can see like. It's 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 really scary. You can actually see the shockwaves. And the when you're getting machine gunned, if you're like taking cover and machine gun bullets are flying around you, you get this it has this suppression effect where your vision dilates and it's really hard to do things to, oh, yeah. to, to mimic what it's like when a lot of metal is being shot at you and you're like terrified. Oh yeah. Um. So just visually and like in terms of like just the yeah the sound the visuals and everything is very very immersive and scary, but. The gameplay is very clever, you see. So what they do is, it's it's a hundred player matches, fifty players per side. So is it? It's it's not battle royale. Per no, side. it's not battle royale. It's two sides. Okay. But with fifty players on either side, it creates this feeling of like a lot of uh, there's a lot of action going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and each side has a commander. Right? Is, is there a lot of communication? Yeah, it's heaps. Oh wait, is this the one where there's like one guy giving everyone else orders? Yeah, this is the game. Yeah. Okay. All right. I yeah. have heard of this one. So yeah, there's a commander on each side, mm. and then there's a number of squads and armor. Like so, there's a number of different squads basically, and each squad has a squad leader or a tank commander if it's an armored squad talking to the commander, and then the squad leader will relay orders from the tank commander, or sorry, from the commander down to like the people in their squad. So. So you might be in a squad of five people. One of those people is the squad leader. You can talk to, you can chat within your squad, hmm. but you can't chat to the commander. Only the squad leader can talk to the commander. And the commander is like issuing missions and directions, directing the squads on the map and calling in airstrikes and artillery and things like that. So there's this like broad strategy. And if you're just a infantryman, you're just a small part, like a pawn in this bigger game, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is really fun and adds a lot. And when, when it's working well and everyone's talking and communicating, it's a hell of a lot of fun. And like one of the best experiences I've had um, and very different to any other shooter I've ever played because it's not really about getting kills and like frags and like, you know, just owning the map. It's, yeah. it's more about like working as a team to achieve like the broader objectives and like doing your role really well in the team. So like if you're, 
like there's there's riflemen which I've mainly been playing as a rifleman which is just defend your the rest of your squad and like shoot people I think that's nice and easy but then there's always other roles like an engineer that can build outposts and um, you know spawn points and things like that there's like a medic one per squad that can like heal people there's anti-tank and you can only have like a certain they're quite limited so not everyone can be a sniper not everyone can be anti-tank like in battlefield you can just do whatever yeah and you end up with like 30, 40 players with sniper scopes on their rifles running yeah. around. In this game, there's only two sniper rifles per team. Like the whole... So you don't get to choose. You, you get allocated or no, you, you have get, a preference? No, you have a limited... You have choice, hmm. but each squad is limited in what... So, so it's kind of a raffle. In each infantry squad, you, have, you can have one machine gun only, one anti-tank soldier only, one... And then like the rest of it's made up with like riflemen and stuff like that. Hmm. So... Yeah, but it does create this like fun experience, especially when everyone's talking and chatting. Where, you know, your squad leader will be like, "Okay, everyone, we're going to go over to like this town over here and defend it." We've been told to do that, and then you'll run off and set up your defenses, and then you just wait, and, you know, and then and and then you just deal with the situation as it develops. Um, when you see a tank, it's like really scary, but then you start, you, you know, you tell your squad leader, "Oh, there's a tank," and you mark it. The squad leader will then like relay that to the commander, and the commander will try and like get like an airstrike or something on oh, the tank okay. or. It's, so it's, it's a yeah. real working as an actual squadron sort of yeah and it's like there's a lot of little things like when you shoot someone it doesn't say you killed blah blah you can't actually tell whether you've killed someone like yeah. you can shoot them and then you'll see them fall over if you're lucky you'll sort of see the body fall over and you're like cool I got someone but it's only at the end of the match or where you'd stop to like check your stats which you don't really want to do in the middle of a fight no right? you can see well how many have you killed you mm-hmm. know and it's not really about getting kills um, yeah. Although you can rack up like a lot of kills in the game, depend if you play as like certain roles like a machine gunner or a sniper, you can get a lot of kills. But I don't know. I- I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I've got a lot to learn. There's a lot of strategy of the game that I'm not fully across. There's this whole strategy of capturing parts of the map and like placing spawn points that I'm not fully across. So I might have more to say when I come back ne- for the next episode. But I'm interested to see how far. Like, is it? It's not free to play. It's not free to play. There's a set price to play on Steam. Can you, like, are there, like, um, is there DLC or is there, like, do, you, do you buy they're, costumes or something like that? It's or? in the work and development. And they're adding new maps and adding new stuff all okay, the time cool. to it. Um, but it's very low on that stuff. Like, there's not a lot of, like, like ways you can customize your character to look weird. Like, everyone, that's another thing I, I like about the game. Rather than Battle, Battlefield Fighter, everyone's running around. If you played the game a lot in Battlefield 5, you'll look so different. Yeah. To the someone who's just started playing it because they'll mm. just have like the use like the typical army yeah uniform on, but then the guy over there will have this like cape and like this weird gas mask and all this dumb shit. In 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 this game, the only way you can tell that someone's good at the game or have played a lot is because they're just doing really well at it, and you're like, oh shit, this guy's really good. You know? Okay, yeah, um, which is kind of good. Like that's kind of how it should be in some of those games that take themselves seriously. It's it's leaning towards realism, yeah. but it still plays like a Call of Duty. Like you know, right click to aim. Yeah. You know, um, control the duck, like all the buttons that you're used to from those games. It's it's all there, and it it's really smooth mm. when you're playing it. But then it has all these like like the, the damage is really realistic. If you get shot, you're dead. Pretty much, unless pretty you get much shot in the legs, in which or arms, in which case you can bandage yourself. Yeah. Um, if you get shot in the head, you're dead straight away. If you yeah. get shot in the chest, you go down, and then you start to bleed out. And a medic can come and like heal you if yeah. you're lucky, and there's one in the area. Um, 
it's a great I, I think it'd be really fun to play like to get a few people to like join join a squad like, I think it'd be a lot of fun to have can you like, make your own squad I mean yeah. it's 50 but like can you get like a group of friends and make sure you're all on the same team yeah you could like make create a squad locket so only people you want can join the squad okay. and then That's you cool. can all like be like hey it's my gang and like you know that would be a lot of fun actually like getting a crew together but um, even just playing with randos is fun if you can find a squad that wants this chatty I guess hmm. uh, anyway I've talked too long but I'm really enjoying my World War 2 shooters hell, hell <laughs> let loose Hell Let Loose is the game and it's yeah it's it's a hell of a hell of a good time even I've heard of that one yeah alright AC games and life let's go games and life um look I suppose uh like there's quite a bit of life stuff going on but nothing I can talk too much about I'm incredibly busy at work but mm. that's basically because I'm the only person in my team looking after a certain section of the organisation and there's usually three people mm. so or the very at least two and a half and it's um i've got a lot on my plate at the moment so I'm, I'm i'm pretty stressed with that but i'm enjoying a lot of aspects of my job i just wish i had a bit more support <laughs> yeah uh, but it's like that everywhere at the moment like no one has enough staff you no. know it's, it's one of those things that the, the empo- employment is at the lowest because people through the pandemic have, have figured out i want to go do something different and like they go do something different and then people go hang on i can do you know i can get a better deal out of this i should go somewhere the fuck that's not here yeah yeah and so there's a lot of that going on and the problem is that i like certain aspects of my job a lot and i'm enjoying it and i'm learning a lot but at the same time it's like oh i'm getting i'm getting very very tired mm. um which which leads into the next topic of japan now japan ain't opened up yet and I'm not going to speak too soon here because uh, there's no guarantee whatsoever, but we are planning to go back uh, in the kind of um, uh, kind of maybe august sort of time. Now, the borders, uh, to some capacity, might be open up by then. Um, I think they are going to open up to tour groups before then. But basically what I'm trying to do is get a spouse visa mm-hmm. uh, because we really need to go back over to Japan to see... Um, Maria's grandfather, who is turning 90 this year. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we need to fix up the house a bit and or the farmhouse and, you know, kind of help out a bit. And, you know, we want to see other people there as well. I want to see Elchan and his kids. And there's a, there's a lot of things that, you know, we really want to do. We haven't been able to do for a few years. But uh, yeah. seeing family is definitely the most important thing. So we're, we're slowly working towards that. Uh, me being me, uh, the other day I made up I always like hand draw calendars, like and mm. like number like Tuesday, fifth August. You know, like um, Wednesday, seventh August. Blah 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 blah. And I always label them, and they always like draw in what we're going to do on those days and stuff. And that way, I just have a visual representation of what I am doing on certain days. Mm, mm. Uh, so I've done like three pages of those because if we have our way we're going to be over there for three months yeah effectively yeah, yeah. um uh, you know just seeing everyone it's going to be our long service leave so i'm really looking forward to that if we can kind of swing it mm. a lot yeah. of stuff has, has to go right but um mm. <clears throat> now that i've started planning everything i've decided to call it operation torah <laughs> which is Japanese for tiger. <laughs> because um, we have in the last 24 hours, and nobody else in the world is interested in this except me and my weird friends, uh, Urusei Yatsura, the reboot, mm-hmm. uh, which I talked about last time, got a trailer yesterday. 
Ooh. And the the actual like before we were just seeing snippets of something and some voiceover work, and this time it was an actual trailer. Yeah, right. So the my corner, my tiny little corner of the internet went nuts <laughs> for like twelve hours. <laughs> the biggest hours. news you've had for years. Oh, yeah. look, it was it was great because I was like watching the um, the trailer. Mm. I was pausing it, taking a screenshot, and then tweeting that screenshot to Twitter. Yeah, yeah. like and saying, you know, this is like because they had kind of profiles of like Lum and Ataru and Mendo and Shinobu, and so I had like got a screen grab of those and put them up there, and they had all of these like little, like you know when you see a when Star Wars nerds see a trailer and that's putting yeah. it lightly, they will pause on every single yeah. one of the shots and go, oh my god, this is this is what's happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that with the Urusei Atsura trailer. But not because, oh my god, we weren't really speculating. We could tell what was going on yeah, because they're yeah. based off the manga. So we could tell, oh, that's the ribbon episode. Oh, I know that that that's the shot from that episode yeah, because, yeah. or that manga, because they are basing a lot of the cinematography off, you know, actual manga panels, panels and stuff yeah. like that. So, so we can faithful. we can actually like bleed it apart and say this is what this is based off. Cool. Like we know this. Yeah, yeah. So it uh, it's it, it was it was a very exciting sort of <laughs> tweet storm for me and my kind. And yeah, it's yeah. look, it's no small thing. Like Urusei in Japan is a big thing. Mm. Uh, and internationally it's not a small thing either, but it's also not the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. You know, it's um it is. It is certainly a lot of fun speculating and talking and um, and doing all that kind of stuff. And I'm hoping that I will be there in October yeah. for the premiere of the So that would be an awesome time to be over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so other than that, I think. Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, being best man at your wedding, as you know, I never do anything by any any half hearted measure. So I was <laughs> I was on point. I was I was there, bachelor party, best man, had the rings, mm-hmm. talked to everyone beforehand, made sure I know what I was doing because I didn't want to fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Help you and John put your dresses on, sorry, yeah. shirts on. <laughs> Did all your bow ties. Uh, so it was it was uh, it was it was, uh, it was much the honour to be your best man. Yeah, I have to say it was it was it was very good, and I'm glad everything went as well as it did that day. And um, it was it, it was it was a lot of fun. I was also glad when, uh, you know, we were at the reception and all the photos were done and I could just go, yeah. which is kind of just... The photos were a lot. The photos went for longer than the ceremony did. Yeah, the photos were a lot, but, you know, that's the thing you get to keep, I guess. Yeah. So. They, they, I'm guessing they look good because we went yeah, we deep into yet. bushland. Like, there were no paths where we went. Yeah, we still haven't seen them. Apparently, it's a very busy period for them for weddings, like uh, autumn. So, hopefully, we'll get them soon. See, autumn in Australia, although there are trees that go, you know, yellow and, and red and brown and fall off, the overwhelming majority of trees in the bush mm. are just evergreen. The evergreens, yeah. So it doesn't look that much different, especially if it's been raining and it's less hot. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you're going to do it in autumn. Yeah, like, autumn's just makes the best time. fucking perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the premium, you know, wedding season for Australia. You can definitely see why. Mm. <laughs> Pardon me, sorry. <laughs> I have a cough button, but I won't use it. Let's, <laughs> okay. let's hear him suffer. <laughs> um, as for the games that I've been playing, um, there are kind of four major ones mm. I want to talk about. Like I did play some more Halo uh, Infinite. Uh, I have really nothing more to say other than that I suck at that game. It's fun, <laughs> but my God, am I bad? And I think I'm getting worse at it. Or everyone else is getting better. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not very good at shooters. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. You have to spend a lot of time. Getting yeah, I, I just, I just don't have that amount of time. I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time playing Game Boy games as mm. well, 
some GBA games uh, and and some console games. Nothing like that's really substantial. I'll just pop stuff in and just kind of fiddle around with it. You and I played uh, Tetris Gaiden, yes. Tetris Battle Gaiden, yes, uh, at the bachelor party, and that was a lot of fun. And you know, I just, I will just pop something into the super like the the S Video Super Nintendo and just kind of like fuck around with it for a while and. Um, you know, just have a bit of fun. I think I played the 3DO the other day. Huh. Just, um, you know, <laughs> sometimes you listen to podcasts and they'll mention a game and they'll say, this game isn't that bad. And I'll I'll get home and I'll go, oh, yeah, my 3DO works and has S-Video. And I pop it in and go, this is not half bad. This S-Video <laughs> game is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And then you pop it away and you don't play it again for six months. <laughs> I've got a lot of games like that. Uh, but I suppose the... The four I want to mention, the first two I'll mention pretty briefly, is mm. um, number one, golf with your friends. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. Now, this is a Team 17 job. Um, it was free to play for one weekend. Okay. I played it, and then it was on. you could get it on special for like five bucks or something like that. Mm. And I went, oh boy, this uh, this first hole is actually pretty fun. And it's you can play local co- co-op or um, over... Multiple, like o- over internet, online yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... And that game is fucking evil. <laughs> it's basically mini golf with a whole bunch of gimmicks of like things are perpetually rolling at you and knocking your ball out of the way. And yeah, right. I think there is a very high stroke limit, but more than that, it's more the time limit. You've only got three minutes to get through a hole. Mm. And mm. sometimes that's a lot of time and sometimes it's fucking not. And like, there's like, <laughs> all of these things where you need to hit it kind of the ball upside down and it needs to clear like a very wide path and Mm. like everything resets really quickly. So you get another go, Mm. Uh, but you need to wait for the ball, like all golf games to stop before you get the reset. And if it goes outside the, 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 uh, the field of play off the green and it just kind of bounces around, you go, come on, just fucking stop. I need to get to Yeah. And it is, it is evil because I went through like three courses. I did incredibly badly, but I did complete them. And there Mm. are ways you can fail these as Mm. well. And you can restart them and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I do want to play this with you at one stage. It's like a good fun multiplayer game from what I can tell. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Yeah. It, it is, um, I did enjoy it, but it's still like you know those games that you kind of appreciate but are still hateful. Yeah. A lot of golf games are like that, I suppose. Yeah, that's me and Dark Souls. <laughs> like, oh god, I hate this, but I'm going to keep doing it. And then you get a, and you actually get it in the hole, and you go, "Yes, I did it." It's Twelve over par. Well, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. uh, but sometimes you get it in under par, and you go, oh, "I'm a fucking legend," and you just got lucky. Yeah. And a lot of this is just you just get lucky. So I do want to play with you, that with you yeah, at yeah. one stage. I'm actually not 100% sure if it is local, mm. co- uh, like local multiplayer or if it's only online. I'll have to check that. I, th- I, I like to think that it is local multiplayer, though, because mm. it is Team 17, I think. Okay. Um, so uh, I also actually dipped my toe, mm. a little toe, a tiny little toe. <laughs> Into Fantasy Star 2. Oh, okay. Uh, Fantasy Star Online 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is has been released as free-to-play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just wanted to play a Fantasy Star game. And I I made my character. Mm-hmm. My character looks a lot like Lum from Urusei Yatsura, <laughs> like a demon with horns, uh-huh. kind of thin with like a, like a tiger or yellow bikini and stuff like that. And I kind of got through the tutorial, like I played it for like 
three or four nights in a row, I want to say. Uh-huh. Like, uh, you land on this, pl- on this like, beach, on this planet, and you fight a couple of monsters, you get introduced to the local village, you learn how to fight another monster, and then you can kind of see, like, the online bit in the distance that mm. you're kind of working towards. And I got basically just before that, before I joined the, you know, finished the tutorial and, yeah. like, actually fought monsters and stuff, and I kind of went, that was fun. Um... But I haven't gone back to it since. It's been like a month or so. Not feeling pulled back, yeah. No, I, I did really I mean, want to get into it and play like an, like some sort of MMO sort of game, but this just wasn't... Yeah. It, 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 was, it was fun while I was playing it, but it wasn't enough of a pull to get me back in. Yeah. Um, so, which brings me to the two games okay. which I have been playing recently. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> so, number one, uh-huh. Kirby the Forgotten Land. Ah. Kirby... This is a great fucking Kirby game. Okay, this right. is the new one for the This is the new one. Switch. It's the first fully 3D, I suppose you could say. Most Kirby games are 2D or they've got some kind of weird roller gimmick or like there are multiple Kirbys and mm. there are there are, you know, Kirby is pretty much pliable to almost any format, I reckon you could say when mm-hmm. it comes to the, the old Kirbs. My my problem with Kirby is that he lacks any sort of personality other than he's mildly pleasant. Yeah, he's just cute. Yeah, he's just <laughs> cute. He's like I mean, Mario doesn't have, have a personality either, really. But like, like the story behind Kirby is that, um, like, he was like just a play. Like, he's kind of a placeholder. He was mm. just a, a round circle when they made the original Kirby game, and then they couldn't think of anything. Like, they kind of got attached to the circle, so they yeah. just gave it little wings, mm-hmm. like little flappy arms, and an eyes and a, and, and a mouth, and then and little shoes, and they just went, "Yeah, there's Kirby." That's kind of where Kirby came from. It was yeah. a placeholder circle. Yeah. And I, I love I, that though. Yeah. I, I do like that. Like I do love Kirby games. They were a lot of fun. Uh, and Kirby games, and this game is no exception, has this habit of doing this thing where they're kind of really easy at first. Oh my God, anyone could play this game. I'm having a lot of fun. It's a baby gets, game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, it gets progressively harder and then harder. And then you're in hell trying to fight God. <laughs> I'm now in hell trying to fight God. I'm on the last like, second last level of the game I think mm. or something like that um, it is a lot of fun I had a lot of fun like finding little secrets you need to uh, need to rescue the little what are they called wackadoos or something like that mm. uh, as you go through the level uh, and they, they have their own little village where you can go and like level up and like get more armor and get more powers and stuff like that and there's like kind of a little economy to the game where you can level up your powers and as long as you collect a whole bunch of coins on each level. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Nice. There's a whole bunch of mini games. It's a really well thought out, very full game. Cool. I kind of want to finish it. There is a second player mode or co-op mode mm. um, where you are one of the wackadoos. Wacky, I wish I could remember if um, something they're actually called. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like Maria has been playing with me quite a bit. Um, the second guy can't absorb powers. He's just got like a massive spear and pokes people a lot. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's kind of like the little brother option, right, as I like yeah. to say. It's like the tails. And- yeah, yeah. It's like the youngest sibling kind of. Yeah. We give you the control. You can't really do much, but hey, maybe you'll get a lucky hit in and help me every now yeah. and again. You can be tails. I'll be Sonic. We'll, yeah. we'll have a great time. I, I kind of wish it was more <laughs> powerful because Maria is actually quite good at playing games. So mm-hmm. I kind of wish it was more powerful and like we could kind of be more on equal footing. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's... It's a it's a really fun game. I really recommend Kirby: The Forgotten Land. Cool. Um, yeah, the, I'm really glad. The 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 the, um, the conceit 
of this game, or the, like rather the gimmick is uh, the mouthful mode, where you can suck in much more massive objects than normal. Uh, so this okay. time he does like a vending machine, <laughs> or he'll like inhale a giant metal ring and then like blow air th- out the ring. Like yeah, when he's wow. on boats, he goes faster. Or you can just mouthful a fucking car. And does just it, like drive around. Does it make you like really? Does it make you like really yeah, big he, like the car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, he covers the it. entire car yeah, except yeah. the wheels, and he says he looks like he's choking on it almost. <laughs> That's love. That. That's awesome. <laughs> That's right, Kinky uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. He'll put anything in his mouth, and I mean anything. Oh, he will. <laughs> Kinky Kirby. It's a Kinky Kirby. Kinky Kirby and the Forgotten Sex Dungeon. Oh man. It's a, it's a really good game, uh, and that actually brings me to the last game that I've been playing recently. Mm-hmm. And now, I don't think you've ever heard of this game. It's, um, I think it's fairly new. It's kind of not, like, really in the public consciousness. It's called Skyrim <laughs> VR. Oh, really? The VR version? I have, and I got it very cheap. It was, like, less than 10 bucks. Okay. Uh, and... I've played Skyrim before. I am known as Andrew AC Dragon Puncher Yoshimura because I punched a dragon to death. That's your claim to fame. That is my claim to fame, indeed. Uh I don't need melee weapons when I fight a dragon. I just punch the (laughs) shit out of him until he falls (laughs) to the ground. Uh, So basically, I have been playing uh, Skyrim. Nice. In VR. There you go. And... I've been having a really good time. Enjoying it? Yeah. I like. I, I kind of already knew how the, the start of Skyrim went mm. uh, because I played the start of Skyrim before. But I listened to a podcast about Skyrim and like everyone always complains about the VR and how they got sick and stuff like that. Mm. Usually, like stereoscopics don't really work on me and like I, my brain hates being tricked. Mm. This is one of those times where I have no problem. Mm. Not only that, I can stay in there for... A very long time, mm. like way over an hour. Yeah, yeah, cool. I can actually just stay in there and just be completely comfortable, nice. like with being in VR and moving around. And a lot of people have said, "Oh, it makes me really sick after a while," but I've just had a lot of fun just being fucking in Skyrim. Well, yeah, yeah. And you know, I know I don't have to go with the progression of the story. Yeah, I can just kind of fuck off and explore and do whatever I want. But yeah. I, I did the first dungeon, like yeah, you know, yeah. where you get the you have to work out the puzzles with like the the turning puzzles at the yeah. end, and you get the. You get the thing, and it was like this guy at like the castle that I went to, the first castle where the dragon kind of turns up. He goes, "I need this thing," and you just hand it over to him. And he goes, "Oh my god, that was quick," <laughs> because you'd already kind of found the dungeon on the way. Yeah, and got it. I love that. Uh, and then uh, the dragon came, as it did an owl, like yeah, yeah. dragon punch a playthrough. I beat the dragon. I didn't. I did punch him a bit. <laughs> Just for old timey's sake, but I, I did defeat him, and then um, I kind of explored the area. Now I'm going up the thousand stairs. Oh yeah, that leads up to the magic place where you learn you, magic. You're going to learn the, the the shouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh-huh. that's that's where I'm up to now. And I explored a whole bunch around that mountain area and see how saw how far I could try and get up the mountain. You know, before I lost stamina and stuff like that. So nice. Look, I'm not playing a lot of it, mm. but I am enjoying it when I do play it. Like I I do. Like, I never thought I'd be a Skyrim guy, but yeah. it turns out Skyrim VR is just, like, kind of my level. I think it's a, it's a, great, it's a great option for, for VR because it's such an immersive game and there's such, so much to explore. Um, and some of the locations are just so iconic that I can imagine, like, experiencing that 
in a in VR would be a lot of fun. It is, yeah. yeah if you don't get sick in VR yeah. and like I haven't, I've never played Skyrim to death. Mm. Like a lot of other people do. Yeah, I just kind of like like ducking in and like messing around and like killing people and. That's probably fun because then the world is still very fresh to you. Yeah, and like you, yeah. you'll meet people and be like, oh, this guy's weird. Look at the, the, the you know, like you won't be like, yeah. oh, it's that guy. Yeah, yeah it's, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not really totally familiar. And when we yeah. played, we played with a lot of mods on, and that you yes. can't mod this. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just it's just kind of it's, it's just not stock. Sc- yeah. But it is fairly vanilla. Like, you know, they fixed a lot of bugs and, you know, they had to do a lot of things in VR. Mm. But yeah, you know, um, I I was actually really enjoying it. The only thing I hate is that I have to, like, get rid of a lot of equipment. Like, I have to dump a lot of stuff. Yeah, the inventory management is pain. Yeah, I don't really like that. I just kind of want to keep everything and, like, be able to move as fast. I get that you can't do that in vanilla Skyrim, but, you know, I'm in VR. Mm. And I'm just, like, hacking the shit out of people. Even people I don't need to hack the shit out of. I kill a lot of bandits. Like, and I've got the the the, the first dragon shout the one, the one as well. That makes them like make shit fly everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's so like I'm just, I'm just like sneaking up behind people, and going blah. <laughs> it's a great thing to walk into someone's house and just go blah, and like blow their crap everywhere. Yeah. Across the- <laughs> I like, but sneaking up on someone and then like when he goes, yeah. I just kind of go bark, 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 in real life. It just sounds like a chicken's blowing them away. There needs to be a chicken mod. Yeah. For Skyrim, I'm sure there is somewhere, yeah. but chicken mod is fun. I'll put that in the request. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's a chicken, a giant chicken. It's taken you this long to appreciate the joys of Skyrim. And it was in VR, which everyone hated. Everyone <laughs> hated Skyrim, Skyrim VR likes. because you, you can't mod it. Yeah. And it made people sick. Yeah. And now it's like gone down heavily in price. And I'm like, fucking yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about Skyrim VR. There you go. All right. Cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Well, I've checked next time we record, we'll check back in how we're going with yeah. these games. But um, look, in the interest of wrapping things up and whatnot. Yep. Why don't we do our quiz and then we'll, uh, we'll pull the plug on this sucker. Okay. How does that sound? All right. All right, AC. I was thinking of doing a quiz about pac-man and warfare because those are the two things that have been on my mind recently with hell let loose and pac-man okay. mm-hmm. but then i decided that's too difficult so let's just do a pac-man quiz oh god <laughs> it's too hard <laughs> i couldn't think plus pac-man came out in 1980 and there's only been like so many wars since then so like i know we're working on it we've got a few more good wars we've right we got now. some coming up yeah. i mean we'll, we'll, <laughs> we've, we've got one on the boil spoiler right alert. <laughs> spoiler alert it's gonna get rough out there yeah uh, <laughs> all right ac um 10 questions. This is not just about Pac-Man. This is about Pac-Man and friends and the Pac-Man franchise generally. Okay. Is this, is this kind of like the, the wider Namco library or it's Pac-Man stuff? Pac- I think there's a Pac-Man or possibly Pac-Men in the house, Marge. <laughs> it's it's pa- based on Pac-Man games. This, the whole franchise of games. Okay. But right. mainly the first one. But okay. let's see. Okay. Right, 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 right. okay. Right, hear me, baby. Question number one. It yep. starts easy. Yep. Well, easy. Don't don't ask me to name the ghosts. It starts easy and it gets harder. Number one, Pac-Man was released in what year? 1980. Correct. I just gave you that one for free. <laughs> I already knew that one. Question number two. Why is Pac-Man called Pac-Man? You should know this. Oh, uh, yeah. It's the onomatopoeia in Japanese for paku-paku, which yes. means to munch on something or yes. eat something. That's right. In fact, the, the uh, original cabinets actually had uh, Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. P-U-C-K on it because he also kind of looked like a, a hockey puck. A puck, yeah, yeah. Um, but they realized pretty quickly that that could easily be scratched out and just say, fuck man. <laughs> yeah. There is a prototype cabinet of that in uh, the Namco offices. Yeah. They will not let you take photos of it. Oh, wow. There you I go. know that. Puck man, there yep. you are. Number three, question number three. <laughs> you told me not to ask you this. Yep. And I'm going to ask it to you. 
What are the names of the ghosts? Oh, fuck. I only give you, if you get three out of four, I'll give you the point. Uh, Inky? Yes. Blinky? Yes. I don't want to say stinky. <laughs> Bucker. Stupid. Mm, yeah, I'm going with the English names. Oh, oh fuck. I don't know. Uh, inky, Blinky. You got Blink. You got, wait, you got Blinky. Yep, you got Inky. Inky. Shinky, One more. Inky. It gets you the points. There's only four. Um, uh, I, I used to know this really well. Winky. Close. No. Pinky. Pinky. Ah, oh, god damn it. And Clyde. Was oh, the other one. Clyde. That's right. Yeah, so no points for you for that one. It, see, the Japanese one in the... It's called stupid, I think. Yeah, Clyde is just idiot. Or something no, like Clyde is the idiot. In, in, uh, in the other one, uh, yeah. in, in the Japanese version... Um, he's called Baka mm. because he's random. Yeah, he doesn't do. Like, what, he, he doesn't. doesn't he doesn't name. really have an AI, AI in as in fact that he's, he just moves randomly around. Yeah, it blew uh, my mind when I realized they had patterns and that you could like oh you could learn, learn patterns, them yeah. and how to yeah. like, avoid them. That that's like a meta game. Like I was like, what? <laughs> I, know, other I, should, I, I actually game. I really knew Clyde. I really should have said Clyde because Clyde was Clyde. on my mind earlier today yeah. when we were playing. There you go. Okay, what colors are the ghosts? What colors are they? Um, you don't have to line them up with the name. I'm just happy for you to tell me the colors. Uh, pink? Yes. Blue? Yes. Red? Yes. Green? No. No. no green. More chance. It's, um, orange. Yes, correct. I'll give you that. Yes. Clyde is the orange one. Inky is light blue. Pinky is, of course, pink. Yeah. And Blinky is red. Uh... Number five, question five. What is the name for the enhancement kit for Pac-Man that became Miss Pac-Man? What's the name? What was it called that someone made an enhancement mm, kit oh, no. for Pac-Man? I, know, I, I, was, I knew this. I and was then, talking about this the other day. Literally, yeah, I was talking about this. And that turned someone... Because of, because of the rights issue, they were like almost basically sued and they and they sold it to like... To make pack miss Pac-Man. Before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. So they, they made they made a ROM hack effectively. Effectively, yeah, that's right. Do you remember the name of that ROM hack thing? <sighs> you know what? You're going to tell me, and I'm going to go yes because I was literally talking about this yeah. earlier in the week. That's um, okay. Can I give you a clue? Yeah. It's the name. One of the name. One of the words in this two-word name yep. is a character in The Simpsons. Uh. Wiggum, no. <laughs> give you Smithers. Th- no. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to tell me I'm going to... I'll tell you, I'll tell you. The yeah. name of the game is Crazy Otto. Oh, okay. Crazy uh, Otto. Yeah. 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 So that was the thing. Um, I wouldn't have gotten that one because it's just like... It's, it's very weird, I remember but, li- yeah. like I was listening to a podcast which was mentioning that and I've heard it several times before, but it just... Sometimes these things just don't click with me. There you go. They don't stay with me. I know the story, but don't know the specifics. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these trivia things are silly that way. It's not really about knowledge. It's just about, like, do you remember the stupid fact? You know? Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a very stupid fact. Yeah. And, yeah, like, there's there's still a lot of points of contention between um, Midway and, um, or whoever. Because Midway doesn't really exist anymore. No. Uh, but it was uh, a rice contention between who picked up the rights to Pac-Man 2, the programming. Mm. And Pac-Man 2, the name is still owned by Namco, which is a, it's a weird little dichotomy there. This is a weird mess. All right, AC. This is a bit more fun. The weird side-scrolling game Pac-Land yep. came out in 1984. It did. What outfit is Pac-Man wearing in L- Pac-Land? Lederhosen. That's right, Lederhosen and his fun little... He's got a little... Little hat. Little hat, that's correct. Leather hat. Points yeah. for you. Question seven. I have that game for... Uh, so what's interesting about that game is that it's a platformer before mm. Mario. 
mm-hmm. uh, Super Mario. I have that game for um, PC Engine, mm. and the way you play it is like the left and right are kind of the on the left hand D pad, mm. kind of like the jump buttons, mm. and the other two buttons on the other side kind of like move him left to right. It's very odd. It's an odd, definitely an odd one. It is a very, very strange game. I always thought it looked like he had a pimp hat. That's why I enjoyed it that one. Kind of did. Like, it's <laughs> not the most difficult game. It's just kind of the most, like, why does this exist game? Yeah, it's strange. Uh, question seven. What year did Pac-Man VR come out? Pac-Man VR. Mm-hmm. 1996. Good guess. That's exactly right. It's exactly right. Yes, it was an early VR game, not. Yep, no, because that I was my trick. I was trying to trick you. Yeah, no, you, you see, I knew that wasn't like a, because there hasn't been a, a PR like a sorry a VR Pac-Man game recently. That's how I knew. Apparently, it's just literally like first-person Pac-Man, which sounds insane. But anyway, um, that sounds no, utterly that, nuts. Yeah, it, it, it's nuts because you can't really avoid the ghost <laughs> yeah, so well exactly. because there's not a whole lot of field of view in, in like yeah. an original Pac-Man maze. It just sounds like crazy. Anyway, I I didn't read the Wikipedia closely. I was just like, got a. You uh, have never played every, every Pac-Man game unless you've played Pac. Pac-Man VR from 1996. Yeah, that's right. You say you heard it here, folks. Um, Question eight. Now, um, you can get this partially right. Okay. Name five Namco... The five. Name the five Namco characters who joined Pac-Man for the 2002 GameCube game Pac-Man Fever. Now, you can get a maximum of five points for this question. You can get a minimum of zero. So you can just... I'm going to give you five chances to okay. name characters that are Namco characters, and if you and if one of them was in that game, then you get a point. Mr. Driller. No, that's one question. That's one down. <laughs> Mr. Driller. Okay. Dig Dug. No. Damn it. <laughs> Ms. Pac-Man. Correct. That's one. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yes. Uh, Pack Baby. No. No. I think I've got one more left, I think. <laughs> Are they all Pac-Man related? No, they're really not. <laughs> Apart from Miss Pac-Man, they're so Are they Namco bad. related? Yes, technically, yes. Oh, no. It's oh. so nice. Think 2002. What was big in 2002? Um, Mr. Driller was big, honestly. <laughs> when is he not big? <laughs> well, he's got a massive drill. <laughs> Uh, Do you want to give up? No, uh, I'm just I'm stretching the very sinews. Uh, the guy from Tower of Draga. Um, no, he's not. You're going to be annoyed good. by this. Okay, just tell me. So they're mainly from Tekken and Soul Calibur. Damn it! So Hey Hachi is yep, it? Okay. Um, yep. Tiger Jackson. Is who, who honestly I don't know who that is, but they're from Tekken. Yeah, no, 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 I, I, do know. Um, I do know. I've forgotten Tiger Jackson. I'm sorry to all the Tiger Jackson mains out there. There are a um, few, believe it or not. Uh, Astaroth from Soul Calibur. Okay, I know who that is, and but I wish I didn't. Rico from Ridge Racer, apparently. Anyway, mm. So mm. what a dumb. Anyway, what a dumb. Twist. Anyway, I would have preferred. So what? I got one point. Got one point there, so that's all right. All right. Okay. Cool. Uh, question number nine. Pac-Man Championship Edition mm. came out in 2007. Mm-hmm. But what year did Pan- Pac-Man Championship Edition DX come out? 2011? Close, 2010. Oh, oh no. So close, so I was close, so, close, so close, close there. Yeah. Okay. Question 10? 
Yep. Name the Pac-Man kart racer from 2006. And I'll accept the European name or the... 2006? Yes, the Pac-Man kart racer. I can let you know... Pac racing? No, I can't pay that, unfortunately. Unfortunately, the name was either Pac-Man Rally or Pac-Man World Rally. No. Yeah. I never played those. No. I'm going to be honest with you. I never... Neither did I. Um, I played a lot of Pac-Man games in my time. I just wanted to explore how weird some of the like the Pac-Man spin-offs have been in this quiz. I think, um, I think like if we're talking Namco, like I could get a lot of like the like the '80s and '90s one right. Mm. As soon as you hit like Tekken, fucking yeah, like Ridge, like Ridge Racer, you know, like everyone remembers the character from Ridge Racer. What? Huh? No, but, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> is that a car? Like, do you get me wrong? That's a racing game, right? That's not like a character-driven RPG or something. Is Isn't it? Ridge Racer not Namco? I th- mm. Maybe they're not. Maybe maybe they just pulled a bunch of shit together. But I thought they were all Namco characters. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably mixing up things in my head again. All good. That's fine. You can come back. You know, if you... if you No, no. I, it probably is, honestly, uh, Ridge Racer. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it is because Ridge Reefer no <laughs> Ridge <related>. Racer <laughs> whoa man <laughs> yeah it is Namco yeah there you go yeah so so they chose to go with like more recent yeah things like, like so Namco were a very big uh, they were very prolific on the early PlayStation one of the reasons they were so prolific on the early PlayStation is because they wanted to get the fuck away from Nintendo who they got a raw deal with they feel because yeah. in the early Famicom days um, they supported Nintendo a lot on the Famicom and like gave mm-hmm. them a lot of their games like Pac-Man and Tower of Duraga and like games that were very popular in the arcade mm. and made them both a lot of money. But when uh, Nintendo started licensing NES stuff in the West and started putting in all of these draconian and sometimes illegal business practices, yeah. uh, Nintendo charged the same amount for Namco that they were charging for everyone else. And, and Namco kind of stepped in and went... <laughs> Hey, what the fuck? You know, like, we really supported you. Can't we get a better deal? And Yamauchi, who was a legendarily a prick, mm-hmm. said, fuck off, sign the deal or get out. Because mm. they were so, so popular and They're prolific. Like, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, like, we can do whatever the fuck we want. We have more, we have more money than God now. You know, this is the <laughs> 80s in Japan. Go to hell. Yeah. Uh, and they were a bit put off by this, so they didn't re-sign with Nintendo for a while. They eventually did, mm. but the as soon as... Um, the PlayStation appeared. They jumped ship straight away and yeah. started like putting all these polygonal games onto the PlayStation. Yeah. And Nintendo were apparently a little bit sore, and Namco just went, what are you, you know, do? like, what are you gonna I fucking mean, do? And then they merged with Tekken. Man, that was a, Tekken was a goddamn sensation. Goddamn mm. international sensation. Still yep. a rad game. Still a very rad game. Um, Tekken Tekken Two was. There's, um, there's been a recent one coming, hasn't there? It's like Tekken after Tekken Eight or something. They're after some like ridiculous number of Tekkens. There are um, a lot of Tekkens out in the world. I think I, I think I saw recently it was Tekken 7 or something is out now, or 8 or something. Yeah. I'm not... Yeah. Tekken 7, I think, might yeah. be the... Um, the most recent one. Yeah. The most recent one, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Okay, so 6-4. Um, to four. I think you, you took that one out. Look, well done. And we all learned a little bit about... I don't know. Probably more than we needed to know about our, our fuck buddy. <laughs> Good old, Sorry, puck buddy. Good old Pac-Man. Yeah. John Pacman. With his filthy mouth, eating all those <laughs> dirty pills. Dirty bastard. 
um, I love that the like the, the the original like where does Pac-Man come from? I ate half a pizza and like or you know a quarter of a pizza and it reminded me, reminded me of a mouth and it's mm-hmm. like it's just all bullshit. Yeah, a lot of that is just like nonsense. Yeah, yeah. doesn't does not make any sense whatsoever. No. All right, so with that, uh, thank you very much for listening to Game Life Balance Australia. Australia, the, Australia. the only Game Life Balance Australia left. That's right. Game Life Balance in general left. That's right. We're the only ones with the last man standing. Um, there is no Twitter account anymore because um, because our, our intern died. <laughs> I, not that I've checked, actually. He could be down there. He could still be down there. But you can still go to our website and listen to past episodes. Yep. GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com And uh, AC does things on Twitter. I do. I uh, occasionally tweet about retro games, although a lot of it is LUM focused these days, I'm not going to fucking lie. But if you tweet at me about something retro game related, I'll tweet at you back. Cool. I am at Prod Tally. Uh, Rob Rob's Twitter is um, <laughs> reserved for other matters yeah, entirely. Let's say, let's say that. Let's just say he doesn't tweet a whole lot about retro gaming these no. days, which is fine. Um, which is fine. But uh, yeah. Uh, yes, the website is there. It is. I believe you can actually like message us and stuff on that thing too. Not okay. that anyone has, but you could. You could. And if you wanted to, you could do that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, we'll see you again in a year. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're not as bad as we're not as bad as Cody and Uncle Stabo. We'll be back before a year. 